We are Monique and Ellie and welcome to the Together Apart podcast. We are two mothers who are both currently successfully co-parenting. We've come together to create the resource that we wish we'd had when we both started on our own journeys of parenting after separation. We want to make it very clear that we are not trained therapists and are sharing our lived experiences. Some of the concepts we speak of aren't relevant in situations where safety is an issue. I'm super excited to talk about this because you love it. I love it. I know. So we're talking about arguments today. And the reason I love it is primarily, okay, so me and Steve just got back from a month-long camper van trip, road tripping around New Zealand. And on our trip, we had two arguments. One was in front of Bo and one was not in front of Bo. And when I told people that that's what happened, you know, they have this tendency to be like, oh, well, you know, fuck him or whatever. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what I'm, you know, trying to say here. I think arguments are really healthy because we had really positive outcomes. They're like, what? Like their minds were blown that I saw the argument as a really good thing because what actually came out of our arguments was a lot of awareness about myself and like what was going on for me. Uh Also like holes in our um, communication that we need to work on that we were able to identify. So we're like, wow, we're really not saying this to other in um, the best way and how can we sort of evolve from that so I kind of I mean I don't want arguments and I would love to get to the point of a discussion so Ali kind of said this amazing freaking thing and I'm going to repeat it for her because I as soon as she said it I was just like yes bitch an argument is when someone's needs aren't being met and we let it build up basically to the point of explosion there's not a lot of self-awareness until after it happens and a discussion which is kind of I suppose the goal with the self-work is to notice that your needs aren't being met in the moment and be able to communicate them effectively and so I would say that we don't really argue that much and that we tend to like out we, we usually are able to discuss things as they're happening but Every now and then, because we're human and not perfect and co-parenting is something that's always unfolding, we get fucked off each other and have an argument. So, yeah, I just think it's really important that people know how helpful and healthy arguments can be if you are able to recover. And it's normal. And I, You're gonna yeah, it's normal. And I think that's it. Um, I've had a really hard time trying to work out how to – say it or put it but I feel like Charlie and I one thing that we've done really well is we always know we're going to come back to one another Mm. and I think that's the same in any relationship but we always know like any argument we've had any conflict we know that we both have this idea of where we want to be and we're not going to let it slide and that our co-parenting relationship is really important to us an anchor yeah yes an anchor exactly And I think that's a really beautiful thing. If you can start that, like you always come back to this space. And then I think a big thing with arguments and correct me if I'm wrong, is the letting go of them afterwards. Yes. They're really letting like all the energy, all the fire, I guess, just dissipate Mm -hmm. and just then being. So whether that means for us, I know it works that if we have an argument, which we're the same as you, we more so have... um, uh, discussions Mm. 
but to then take some time to just settle just to settle yeah. works so that it, there's a proper end to the relationship and sometimes that means that sorry end to the relationship end to the argument <laughs> Just done, done, four years, done, can't. Um, argument over who's trying to do the dishes, I'm out. Um, but I think like, and sometimes that will be like the other night we had a bit of an argument and it was my fault because I had let things up. I didn't share my expectations with him. I just expected him to mind read my expectations and then got mad at him when he didn't, which is completely unreasonable. Um, and I was aware, I actually realised it during the kind of arguments. So I was like, okay, I see now that this is my fault and I should have shared the argument, the my expectations. But we actually left. So like I we left, had some space, came back to it, spoke about it because it was quite late at night, went to got to a place where it was fine, then left. And then in the morning when Rocky was somewhere else, I said, okay, so how can we work towards this? Or how can how can I meet your your needs through this whatever the, the argument was about? Mm. And so I think this idea of like having to have it all sorted straight away is not always feasible. Yeah. Sometimes when you're triggered, and for me, I used to hate conflict. Like I really struggled with it. I hated conflict and I hated boundaries. Oh, see, I'm in there. I am oh, like a fiery. Oh my gosh, no! So I would just shut down. That was my thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'd shut down, and then I just be like I don't know say something stupid like bring up something from the past which you can't do in a co-parenting relationship because there's often so much shit from the past and it's just drawing on stuff that's not fair yeah so that was mine and now I'm quite good at staying present and I mean that's taken a lot of practice just but I really breathe through arguments I try not to shut down and I really Mm. um we talk it out and also I think then sharing with your co-parent, and I said this to you yesterday, hey, that really triggered me because of this. Mm. And it, on my body really felt like it just did not want to be in that room during that because then they understand and they can go, okay, she said that, she didn't mean it, she was triggered, she's apologised and like she was, you know, it's a real thing. Um, yeah. So I think just sharing and coming back after is really important. And every time we have an argument or a discussion, a heated discussion, um which is rare but we come out of it so much stronger yeah and so much better and I feel like I've been heard and you feel like you've been seen and that you can then meet each other's needs after yeah I think I just find arguments like even so interesting I think there's a lot of judgment that goes on in arguments of the self I'm a bad person because I lost my temper I'm a this I'm a that and I think all of those Mm. or even making it mean something about me and Steve are talking about how arguments can often uh, we can make it mean something about the other person, mm-hmm. the you know, oh, yeah, he or she is this or that because this always happens and blah, blah, blah. And I think all of that stuff is so unhelpful and actually distracts you from the real gold that can be mined from an argument, which is exactly what you're talking about. Um, why was I triggered? Mm-hmm. How did I handle that? Where was I feeling it in my body? What did I make it mean about our friendship and how can we come back together as co-parents and I think a lot of the friendship that Steve and I have developed over the last couple of years has been because we have shared these um you know the wisdom that we've we've sort of pulled out of our wounds with each other to have a better understanding of who each other 
is and how we operate and how we work and all of those kinds of things. I'm a recovering avoidant attachment. I was just about to personality. say attached. So am I. Yeah. And so yeah. I have a tendency to, if we have, this is something that I'm still working on because I'm not, I have not shifted into secure attachment, even though I'm much more secure than I was. Mm-hmm. But if we have an argument, my go-to as an avoidant personality is to cut somebody off, cut yeah. them out, not hear them. I'm right. They're wrong. And yeah. all of these things. So even as I'm working on my attachment style, that is me almost like sometimes forcing myself to step back into, um, not the argument, but step back into the relationship with them so that I can show up fully, not just for them, but for myself as well, be brave, have hard conversations, kind of humbling, like admitting that, you know, yeah, I fucked up and I said some things I shouldn't have. And it's because, you know, of X, Y, Z. Um, it's a very vulnerable experience. Um, and even like admitting, like, I really love you and I really didn't mean those things. Um, yeah. Is a very vulnerable thing to do. But ultimately, that's what makes friendships and relationships stronger because of it. And I think just touching on attachment styles, Mm. if you don't know yours or you have never heard of them, they would really be something worth checking out. They, it's essentially your caregiver when you're younger and the attachment style you develop due to their care and their behavior. Um, There's three types. There's three types. There's anxious attachment, secure. I mean, there's lots of types and nuances within yeah, subtypes, but the main three types are anxious attachment, and that person might step into the relationship even more. So they become quite um, uh, during conflict. Cl- I'm going to say clingy. Yeah, I mean, Real, I don't like want to insult they, anybody. <laughs> no, but they become very insecure and they need reassurance. They need reassurance, yeah. Constantly. Um, and then there's the avoidance, like us who. Yeah. I, my personal I step out thing. yeah I want to run away now I want to run away I step out I, sh- I cut off um, this looks uncomfortable Bye. this is like yeah don't want to I just can't be bothered yeah. and the funny thing is is that anxious people and avoidant people are usually attracted to each other for some reason mm-hmm. um which just means they play off each other quite a yeah. bit with their attachment styles because as an avoidant person withdraws the anxious person comes to comes to suffocate and then they suffocate yeah yeah and then there's books about it there's books about it attached by i can't even remember the lady's name but we'll put it in the show notes oh my god we have show notes yeah we'll put in the show notes uh and then in the middle (laughs) is that is the healthy attachment style which is secure um and they really are just that exactly that they're secure within their own type and they don't really need they're just Twitch cool. They're just cool. They're just good vibing. job, mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> really crushed it. Um, yeah. So and, that's a really it. It will really that whether you think or you think you see yourself in one of them or us, um, it really does. Especially if you haven't started working on it yet, it really does influence your ability to discuss, argue, handle conflict. Yeah. Um, and it's probably playing a really big part in your co-parenting relationship that you're not even aware of. And once you become aware of it, like I said, my thing used to, it used to be really hard for me to stay. 
Mm -hmm. So now I used to breathe through and I'd stay in the argument. I might not hear anything that's going on, but I'm here. And now I'm in it and I'm present and I'm aware and I've slowly worked that out. Um, But it's uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) it's so uncomfortable. um, But it's really handy. And it's also, I think, is it the holistic psychologist who says knowing your partner's attachment style is a A game changer, a sign sign of love, love something. Anyway, and it is because... um, yeah, you know, okay, they're just going into override. They're going into fight or flight and they want to leave. Yeah. This is not necessarily their fault. This is their whole thing of trauma. But in saying that, it's also your responsibility to sort that out because yeah. if you want to have a co-parenting relationship that is fulfilling and is a team, then you do really need to sort yourself out. You can't yeah. just blame it on your past forever. Yeah. And I think we should talk about maybe like what's helpful strategies to help when you're actually having the argument and then... Yeah. Um, maybe afterwards, if you aren't able to do anything during the argument, it just kind of continues on until you just can't take anymore. <laughs> how to recover, yeah. I suppose, how to finish. We want to finish better from an argument, not finish worse. So something, what are your things when you're having the argument to interrupt it? What, I mean, if you can catch yourself, if I can catch myself, it's what need is not being met right now. Yeah. What am I asking for? What do I want him to know? Yeah. Um, so the other night I was feeling really burnt out from parenting and I really didn't want to do bedtime, but I didn't actually express this, but I thought I'd expressed that I was burnt out when really my need was that I just wanted, a, I needed a break. Mm. Um, but where I was at fault was that I did not communicate that. So then I snapped because I had to do bedtime and I was shitty but I hadn't actually communicated the expectation. Had I said, Hey, can you do bedtime? I am ruined and I'm not going to be a good parent through this bedtime. Then he would have been like, yeah, no worries. Yeah. So I think it's that what need, what need is not being met. Yeah. And how can I communicate that? Yeah. And then I think if you can't do that, literally interrupting the argument and just saying, let's revisit this later. Well, that's what we kind of did. Yeah. So what happened was there was a little snap. Ellie, that was really rude. Yeah, that was rude. He went away. Then I went to him and we spoke it through a little. I realized that it was my, that I was the one in the wrong, that I had not communicated effectively. So I left that. Then the next morning, um, I think I texted him and said, like, I'm sorry, in the same house, but sometimes it's just easier than going in. Um, I texted and just apologized and said, obviously my needs weren't being met and I hadn't communicated them. That's my fault. Um, Next time I'll try and do this better. And then in the morning, and then he said something about one of his needs not being met. And so then in the morning I said, well, how can we make it that everybody's needs are getting met? What do Mm -hmm. we need to put into play? Yeah. So I think having an argument in stages is not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a blowout, fixed, done, happy-go-lucky, all within an hour or forgotten and pretended like something hasn't actually even happened and then it just happens over and over and over again because you're not actually resolving anything yeah um and then if the argument (laughs) isn't interrupted and you have recovery to do afterwards so mine and steve's argument in the camper van was that we had to go home early because he got his dates mixed up because he's not organized and mine's was an old resentment flaring up from our relationship Mm -hmm. where I had felt the old feelings where I always have to give up everything for him 
I always have to make allowances for him. Mm -hmm. And all of these old stories had resurfaced that I was telling myself. Well, really, I was just upset that I had to go home early. Yeah. Really, that's the fact. But my stories and my unhealed parts of myself, my wounded parts of myself, were making those stories mean something about us as parents or our holiday. And Mm -hmm. so... I take time. I'm a time person. I need to be in solitude. I need to have ideally like no, I just need to be alone so that I can process what's going on. And I'm a slow processor as well. So it took me like about a day mm-hmm. for me to be able to like wind through that. That's what was actually happening. Yeah. And then the opportunity that that afforded me was that I was able to redefine that. That's not my, you know, that's gone and been and gone. I can't change that. I also, in the past, never stood up for myself. I was very codependent on him, a bit of a pushover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to kind of like work through that wound a little bit. Yeah. And then go back and communicate that to him. Apologize, obviously, for losing my temper. Yeah. And, you know, say I love you and I'm sorry. And the things that also that the argument was robbing me of was that it stole a whole day. So not only did I lose a day because I had to go home, but I also lost a day with my family Mm -hmm. because I was, you know, in my head. And so it's getting shorter and shorter. Like my recovery time would used to be like, Oh, oh my God, don't even, don't even ask me how freaking long it is. Yeah. So like a day for me is really like not even yeah. 24 hours, you know, 12 yeah. hours for me to recover is really, really good for me. Yeah. But even a marker for me is being able to get that shorter and shorter and shorter to the point where we can get to a discussion. But the goal of that was that I was able to let go of old stories. I was able to communicate with him. We were able to reestablish and I was just able to and really, really enjoy the last days of our trip together and be fully present with both of them. Yeah. So my my thing would be writing. So writing out the facts. Mm. And that helps me identify what stories I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. So the stories I would have been telling myself the other day, I do everything around here. I'm doing every bedtime. I'm the only tired one. You know, he just gets from six o'clock. He just gets to chill out whether I'm there for two hours trying to get this mm-hmm. kid to sleep. Um, my daughter doesn't love sleep. Um and but they would have been the stories the facts were I didn't ask (laughs) he didn't know yeah that was it Mm -hmm. um and so I think writing and taking time to be like you know what I actually I think that's an important thing hey I'm feeling really muddled right now I can't think straight yeah I do say that hour yeah I just need to write some stuff down Mm. and work out where where I actually am in this Mm. and what needs of mine I've I or I need you to hear you know and I think that's important like and what you did and then how I just kind of worded it then going back and being like okay what 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 wound is this picking up Mm. you know where's that at um but yeah writing and journaling so I would write down the facts of the argument like the facts of what is happening right now so mine would have been I did bedtime I didn't want to have to do bedtime I wanted him to do bedtime, but I didn't also ask him to do bedtime. I just expected him to know that I wanted him to do bedtime. So they are the facts. There's no, and that kind of makes all the attachment to the stories and what you're telling yourself fall away Mm. because then you're like, okay. And then that comes into ownership. Well, that's on me. Yeah. And I was quick to realize that, but it took me, it's taken me a long time to get to a place where in an argument I can go, 
oh yeah my fault a b c d i stuffed up yeah yeah like oh i'm the one in the wrong here like i used to when you're in your ego and like you're so triggered you're like this can't be my fault you're making me feel like this and i feel terrible and that's your fault when really it's you've got to take ownership for your own stuff and and then that needs to be received nicely too i think that's important so if your co-parent comes to you and goes yeah i fucked up it's like well i freaking told you like I've been telling you for the last hour. No, just thanks for thanks for noticing that. I really appreciate it. Um, where to from here? Yeah. Like I think it's just it needs to be true sided. So even if one person's wrong, um, or noticing that they're wrong, I mean, then it needs to be received nicely. Yeah. I, I would be ideal if nobody ever argues, of course. But I think that for a lot of people, it's going to be really challenging to feel like you're not going to be able to argue because that's how things eventuate. And it's so important that first and foremost, you honor and allow your feelings to express themselves as long as it's in a healthy, life-giving way, Yeah, not in a harmful way. Yeah, it's in a way to yourself, to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think something that's really important that I, it's part expectations, part letting go, but I actually stopped having expectations of Charlie. Mm, Yeah. And that really helped. It's a game changer. Because I used to have, oh, he'll do this. And then when he didn't do it, even though I haven't actually told him, I would be frustrated. So I've just literally dropped all expectations and not in like a um, malicious way. It's my way of calming myself. Sorry, my dog's chasing my cat. Um, Is going, okay, I'm not going to have any expectations of this and anything he does is really helpful, but it's not frustrating me. Yeah. Um, And I think that's important as well as letting go. So what is actually worth arguing about? Yeah. Because I could definitely get shitty at Charlie for dropping his towels around the house. <laughs> I choose not to. <laughs> no, but like, do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. got to be, is it worth arguing about? Is this actually going to get us to a better place? But I think we tend to do stuff like that when there's, a, you know, we want to gather information and facts to prove yeah. that, like the need to validate and be right. The confirmation right. bias. Yeah, that means you start, see, I do do everything because you do this, you leave the towels on the ground and you do that. You're the asshole. I'm right. You're wrong. And we have to really, I think when we're letting go of things, one of the things we really have to let go of is actually the need to be right all of the time. Totally. But that's the thing I think. So is it worth arguing about? Because you're actually going to in your co-parenting relationship, correct me if I'm wrong, you will have to learn to let go of stuff. You're going to have to. You cannot bring up everything that kind of Control. Yes, let go of control. (laughs) Surrender the control, seriously. And that's a big thing too. Like I don't have control of what Charlie does with Rocky in her time, Mm -hmm. in their time, and it's not up to me. And I think this is based in two capable parents who are, safety and all that kind of stuff um we're going to put a disclaimer in but um so i think yeah letting go of control letting go of the need to be right and more so looking at that goal and where you guys want to be and going okay is this productive and how is it going to get us there yeah i used to argue a lot with steve there's just this coming back to the expectations thing Mm -hmm. And something that my therapist said to me that was really, really helpful, because me and Steve often argue about how 
he thinks I'm speaking a different language and I think he's just speaking a different language. Like we're not communicating. Yeah. We're not communicating in the same language. Mm -hmm. And my therapist said, what if you stopped expecting him to be something that he's not and meet him where he is, meet him. um, Which is huge. Which is huge. And what it did was able to see him and accept him for where he is in his journey right now. Like what if he wasn't capable of seeing, knowing, and understanding what I see, know, and understand because mm-hmm. he's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want a me. I don't want to, you know, I, we want dynamism in a relationship. We want yeah. polarity in a parenting relationship because the more differences that a child has to interact with, the more resilient they're going to be in life the more you know personalities they're going to be able to because they can see different parts of things in you yeah. rather than two sameies you know it's a very boring yeah. storyline no but that's a real thing and I think understanding the differences between you and how differently you argue and that comes back to attachment styles what is your co-parents attachment style what's yours yeah. um how do arguments feel for both of you and maybe is sitting down in not even an argument now after listening to this and going okay well let's just get a feel for like how do you react when you're in yeah. flight? How yeah. do arguments make you feel? So then you can be a little bit more empathetic to each other in the future when you're having an argument. And yeah. maybe, you know, if we were arguing right now, you and I, and, we're, and I go, I just need some space and you freak out because you're anxious and you're like, no, you can't have space. We have to figure this out right now. But if you've had the pre-conversation going sometimes like we both do, I just need like a day. I just need an hour to sort through this and just get my head straight then that's going to be received a lot nicer if you've had a conversation about it beforehand. Yeah. And I think like, we just got to remember we're all humans trying to figure shit out. Like we all have our own Mm -hmm. wounds. We all have our own experiences. We all have our own shit going on. I think that if I'm to reflect back on mine and Steve's actual relationship now, there's so many times where I thought I was, I don't want to say like perfect, but he was the one with the problem. He was the problem, but he is just a human, just like me trying to figure out life. And I'm confident that he has wounds from me, just like I do from him Mm -hmm. because I'm not perfect. I'm a human who makes mistakes, who is also figuring things out just like he is. I have a whole inner world going on inside of me that is, like a puppeteering me you know telling mm-hmm. me to move here and say this and do that and so does he and I have to be understanding and respectful of his experience as well as mine and that those two things are trying to interact with each other and have communication and build mm-hmm. um, you know raise a child together and build both individual and collective lives and that's a lot And that's a lot to take on. And so just, you know, being really. Just being compassionate and understanding that arguments are often very hard for everyone. Everybody. Um, No one likes them. No one likes them. Conflict sucks. But in the nature of the place we are all in listening to this, you're going to have conflict. It's like inevitable. So to be able to work out ways that best you best work during conflict and during discussions are probably the best way to make it so it's 
not uncomfortable because I imagine like even when we have arguments now, it's still uncomfortable. I don't like them, but I know we're going to be okay at the end and I know that we have the tools to sort through them. Yeah. And I think that's a really big thing. If you can arm yourself with tools yeah. to put down your swords, sort it out together, allow mm-hmm. yourself and your co-parent the space and time to work it out, then you're going to come out of it in a much more positive way. And like we said at the start, our arguments, we are better after them. Yeah. I know what you need now. I know what I'm missing or what I'm not doing and you know what you're not doing and we come back better. And even now there's still, you know, today I'm getting a text message from Charlie saying, maybe we need to get a babysitter so we've got a bit more space and we've got a bit more time. So it's still like the the fruits from our argument are still coming and it's three days later. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think if we can switch that narrative that arguments are bad and go, hey, look, let's aim for discussions. But if we can't get discussions, let's work out how to tackle an argument really effectively Yeah. and come back to a space that is harmonious and compassionate and then move forward from there. Go get the attachment book, understand how you, your strategies that you. Um, and that will help you in every way in life. In every, every way. Honestly, friendships this. and everything. And parenting. Changed. Oh, and parenting. It's going to, yeah, it'll open your eyes to parenting and attachment styles and your children. It's really cool. All right. Okay. Yeah, good. Thanks for being part of the co-parenting movement. We are so grateful to have you here. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and subscribe. If you know any friends or family going through a separation with children, please pass this on so we can reach as many people as possible. Follow at Parenting Together Apart on Instagram and we look forward to seeing you next time.